can you pitch in tomorrow? I said, absolutely I can. I'm like, well, I'll do what I can. So here I am this morning. So thank you for the opportunity this morning for announcements and offering. Just a couple announcements that I want to share with you this morning. Um, if you get the email message, make sure you uh, check it out. Uh, if you don't, get on the listserv if you can. Uh, but check out the announcements weekly if you could. Today we have Josiah and Mandy. Uh, they'll be sharing today after the message about their upcoming 16-month ministry internship to West India. How exciting is that? We'll have the opportunity to help with their financial support. If you would like to give them an offering this Sunday, you can make your check out to uh, TCC, to the church here. Uh, place the offering in the envelope, indicating that you'd like it to go to Josiah and Mandy and in place on the back of the uh, and place it in the back offering boxes today. Uh, again, we have nursery available with that. Uh, we need some help. I have a message today. We would love to have more volunteers in nursery on Sundays. If you are interested, go ahead and please talk to Kathy Cootley. I saw her uh, somewhere. Kathy, are you in here with maybe not? She's down with the kids, of course. My goodness, there's my brain today. But ch check it out and talk to her if you're willing to volunteer if the Lord is calling you to that today. Um, don't forget about our ministries on Wednesday. We still have Touchpoint each and every week with Pastor Steve and Joyce. Um, again, part eight of God's wisdom for today at 9 a.m. We have Amplify Youth Group on Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock. No kids' activities as of yet. I'm hopeful, and we're going to be looking forward to starting that up closer we get to the school year. Mondays, we have Women's Bible Study here at the church at 6.30. We have one upcoming on the 17th tomorrow. Um, the elder message, again, just to, uh, again, we have to get this word out. Our TCC elders are, are submitting Andrew Erholtz to become a TCC elder on Sunday, July 23rd. They are also submitting Gilles Mo and Peter Coffin to become elders in training on that day. Input concerning them or suggestions for other nominations can be given to Pastor Steve, Gus Shogren, or Dean Patro. Am I missing any other announcements? Am I missing anything that you can think of? Meal after church, oh yes, don't forget the meal after church if you've been smelling that, absolutely, absolutely. Um, on to a, a little bit of a, you know, a statement that's been rolling in my brain directly from Scripture. Of course, that's where all the best statements are coming from. Um, if you could turn with me this morning to Matthew 25, Matthew 25, verse 31. There is no greater authority on this earth or elsewhere than Jesus Christ himself. Um, if you could remember the context of this a little bit, talking about, um, you know, again, like I said last week, what is our role here? What can we possibly do for God? What can we do here on earth um, to glorify him and to be of service to him? But again, Matthew 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory... And all the angels with him, he will sit in his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave something to me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. 
And all the people in front of Jesus were like, you were in prison? You didn't have any clothes? When was that? Well, his, this is his, their response first. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry or feed you or thirsty or give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply at that time. He'll say, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on the left, depart from me. You who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. We'll stop there. So today, when we do acts of service, when we do things for others, when we do things for our church, when we do things to ultimately that point to the glory and the magnificence of God, we are rewarded. We are rewarded. We may not be rewarded here. We may not be rewarded here, but God, he's going to look at you. He's going to say that to you at the end. He's going to say that to you. He's going to look right in your eyes and go, when I was thirsty, when you saw this person over here and they were suffering, and they're one of mine and you helped them, thank you. Thank you. I've got this job for you now. I've got this responsibility for you now. Because you did this, I've got this place in heaven for you that I need you to do because you're there and this is your gift, this is your talent, this is your strength. And over and over again, when we do that in our lives here on earth, we have that glorious opportunity to glorify him and we get the riches of heaven, we get the riches of everything we've done. Again, this isn't a message of works gets you to heaven, right? What this is is a message of your heart. This is a message of where our heart is here on earth. And when we have a giving heart, when we have a heart of servitude towards other, God is glorified. God is glorified. Not us. God is glorified. And that's the real purpose. So this morning, as we think about this morning's offering, I ask that if you're giving this morning, think about that. This is your servitude. This is your place. This is your part of your giving. This is where you can glorify God. If you're giving elsewhere, same thing. If you're doing things this afternoon, you're giving God to glory. Remember last week I asked to kind of commit every day something to glorify God. That commitment should still keep going. Keep going. Let's pray over this morning's offering this morning. Father God, thank you for this opportunity again to worship you. Thank you for this chance to express your love, to express your glory, to express your directive to help others, Father, to love one another. And Jesus, we just pray that anybody who's suffering today, anybody in need, gets what they need today. That they can see you in every moment of their lives, and that they can see you in your glory and your grace. We just pray over this offering so that it can be used to glorify you and to further your name, your word, and your wisdom, and your command, in your amazing, wonderful name. Amen. I'd like to introduce Rob. Come on up. Thank you for serving today, sir. Appreciate it. Good morning, everyone. It's great to come to church because I think it's 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Yes. Reminds me that I am coming together with a chosen generation. 
You, the believers in God, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, but that word peculiar also means purchased, and we are purchased by the blood of the Lamb, those of us who have accepted Jesus into our lives, that we may show forth or bring forth praises of him who has called us out of darkness. He's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Would you all agree that we need God's light? I got enough light shining on me already, but we need God's light shining on us, growing within us, so that we then can shine forth his ministry to others. Amen. Well, before we, I guess I kind of started, but before we get started, I want to just give a quick shout out to uh, Children's Church and our teachers and assistants that help with that faithfully, faithfully, all the time. I came across this little calendar verse scripture uh, from Mark 9:37. Whosoever shall receive one of these children in my name receives me, Jesus said. Isn't that sweet that we have people faithfully working with our youth all the time, listening to them, playing with them, teaching them the word of God and the ways of God. That's just really special, so I appreciate them. And now another calendar verse I brought with. This one is kind of going to kind of start, it's going to thread the needle <laughs> into the garment I hope to fabricate today uh, to get us started. We just got done singing. This is a verse from Psalm 13, 6. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. And I know you're too far away to see it, but it, it's, it's a picture of a, a nice ripened cluster of apples hanging on a branch that God has bountifully blessed that tree. And I believe, just like a bountiful tree, so it is the Lord's desire to bountifully bless us. Let's open with prayer. Father, thank you for the worship this morning, for the opportunity to come into your presence, to sing aloud to you, to be silent before you, to receive of your goodness and your grace and your mercy, your tender kindnesses toward us. Help us to grow in your word as we Walk in it today, in Jesus' name, amen, and amen. I want to read a couple of, few very familiar verses to you. Uh, the title of today's message is Unripened Fruit. Not ripened fruit, but unripened fruit. And it's actually going to come from the parable of the sower, believe it or not, but we'll be getting into that. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper." Amen. Be like a tree planted by, it doesn't say planted by a river. It doesn't say planted by a body of water. It says planted by rivers or by, yeah, planted <laughs> by rivers of water. Hallelujah. 
abundantly being blessed. And it says we will keep bringing forth fruit in all of our seasons of life. And then from Jeremiah 17, verse 7 and 8, it says, Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, there it is again, and that spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful or concerned in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Blessed is that person that trusts and hopes in the Lord. They will not cease from yielding fruit. So you can kind of see, we're going to be talking some about fruit today. <laughs> and 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5 tells us that we are to examine and to test who? Ourselves. To see if we are in the faith. feedback there. Uh, well, I think fruit bearing is a positive sign. Let's uh, take a look together at Proverbs 11, verse 30. It says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. More than just, you know, an individual orange or an apple or a grape or something. It's a whole tree of life. And he that wins souls is wise. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, John the Baptist was chiding the Pharisees and Sadducees, chiding them to produce fruit, saying, therefore, bear or produce fruits worthy of repentance. We need, we need to be doing that in our lives, producing fruit worthy of repentance. Matthew, let's look at Matthew 7, verses 17 and 20 together. Verse 17 says, Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. In verse 20, Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. So what are the fruits of the Spirit? I know that a lot of you are familiar with those verses. And I was, and we're going to go over them again just very quickly. I'm sure people much wiser than I could spend a whole message on each one of these. But as I was praying for us today, uh, I, I felt the Holy Spirit just really saying, if you will receive this word, he will point out to you specifically a fruit or two or more that he is willing to help you grow in if you'll receive that. So the fruits of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23 are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, and faith. So if any of those jumped out at you, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, faith, just ask the Lord to help you to grow in that area, and he will do it. I know he'll do it. <laughs> I think actually all of us can grow more in the fruits of the Spirit. When Mary and I were visiting with uh, Mark and Sue earlier in the week, and Mark asked me what today's message was going to be about, I said, oh, about unripened fruit or fruits that haven't matured. 
haven't reached perfection. And Mary right away piped up. In other words, Rob will be talking about us, her and I. That, that's true. That's exactly true. I'll be the first to admit it. Galatians 6, verse 7 warns us to not be deceived. What we sow into our lives and into our spirit is what we will reap. So a question, what's growing on your branches? What fruit do you have growing on your branches? And are they growing in abundance? If I were to ask your neighbors, would they agree with your self-assessment? I came across a little interesting this is kind of off subject, but it's also on subject. Tidbit of information the other day. An average ear of corn has 800 kernels on it, anywhere between 500 and 1,200. But an average ear has 800 kernels, which of course all started from just one seed, from one kernel. Now stick with me here. John chapter 12, 23 and 24, says, and Jesus answered them saying, the hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn or a grain or a kernel or a seed falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. See, if life is all about self, about me, myself, and I, chances are pretty high that we will be abiding alone with that kind of attitude, and we will be very unfruitful. But if we die to self and welcome his word and his ways into our lives, then he will plant us by those rivers of living waters <laughs> where much fruit will grow, and we'll even be surrounded by a whole orchard of his people who will also bring forth good fruit for his glory. Now listen, Jesus, 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 serving others, died to self, and to this day continues bearing much fruit. We need to, by the power of his spirit, be walking in that path. We need to be putting to death the misdeeds of the flesh. Uh, a former uh, Southern Baptist evangelist by the name of Vance Havner lived in the 1900s, through most of the 1900s. Here's a quote from him I came across. It says, people get so used to the dark that they think it's growing brighter. You get so used to the dark, you think it's growing brighter. Have you ever come in from outside on a bright sunny day and you're used to being out in a bright light and you walk into kind of a darkened room and if you linger there for a while, your eyes kind of start to adjust and start to adapt and it doesn't necessarily seem so dark anymore. Well, that's okay in the physical world but in the spiritual world. Let's not walk into those dark areas of sin and dwell there, lest we become comfortable with it, used to it, start adapting to it, start accepting it. 
but rather let's put to death the misdeeds of the flesh. Ephesians, we'll look at Ephesians together now, verse, or chapter 5, verse 11. It says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them or expose them. In Greek, the word reprove means to admonish, to convict, to convince, or to rebuke. Have no fellowship with unfruitful works. It's okay to have fellowship with fruitful works, but not the unfruitful ones. Now let's look together at John. We're going to look at four verses here. John chapter 15, starting with verse 2. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it or prunes it, that it may bring forth even more fruit. Verse 4. Abide in me. This is Jesus speaking, of course. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abides in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. In verse 8, herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. In verse 16, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that, that, there's a, there's a that here. He's ordained us for a reason. That you should go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it unto you. So back in verse 2, we saw that sometimes God prunes us for our good. So that we will bear forth even more fruit. And in verse 4, we saw the need to continue to abide in him, in his word. Abide in the vine in order to keep bearing good fruit. In verse 8, we saw that we glorify God when we do bear fruit, showing our discipleship. And in verse 16, we saw that we have been ordained. That's a pretty strong word. You, the chosen generation, the royal priesthood, the holy nation have been ordained to go and bring forth fruit. Hallelujah. Psalm 127 verse 3 uh, tells us that children, this, we're changing gears here a little bit, but just so we're not talking just about apples and oranges or the fruits of the spirit, children are a fruit of the womb. Children are a fruit a fruit of the womb. And did you know, I bet you didn't, because you're probably like me, read through scriptures a bunch of times and, you know, all of a sudden, oh, wait, what? Something jumps out at you a little bit. So, test you on this. No, did you know that gifts, the gifts that you give, the contributions that you give are like fruit? They are fruit. Not like fruit, they are fruit. Romans chapter 15, if you want to write it down and look it up later to test me on it. Romans chapter 15, verses 25 through 28 
Since the people of Macedonia and Achaia sent contributions, they're sending contributions, gifts with Paul to be given to the poor saints at Jerusalem. These same scriptures tell us that when Paul performed this delivery of the gifts and contributions from the people of Macedonia and Achaia, uh, that it sealed the fruit to the givers, right there in the scripture. So later on, when I'm a little bit later here, when I'm done sharing, and our young missionary couple will be coming up, you know them, will be coming up to share, and we will have an opportunity today, and in the many weeks, months, and year plus ahead, long-term missionary endeavor they're going on, we will happen out, have that opportunity to share gifts or contributions with them. Not because it will be sealed to us as fruit, but because God has called us to do it. But I'm just letting you know that that also counts as fruit. Well, what is it? We're going to look at Luke chapter 8, verse 14 now kind of coming into the parable of the sower midway. What is it that works against us bringing forth fruit? It says, And that seed which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And here it is. And they bring no fruit to perfection. They bring no fruit to maturity. It's unripened fruit. They've been bogged down by the cares of this world. So again, how's your fruit coming along? Is it ripening? Is your fruit ripening? If not, get into the word deeper and deeper. Make sure you're attached to the vine. And that unripened fruit will begin to ripen. We need to turn away from the cares of worldly living and, of course, be in fellowship with one another, building one another up with love and encouragement. Now, you know, I, I know in the natural world and in the spiritual world, fruit takes patience, takes time to become mature and to ripen. Fruit, normally, when you think about it, it isn't fit for consumption until it ripens. I heard a TV minister mention a while back, a couple, a few months, I'm not sure, that the fruit that we grow isn't really meant, and I'm talking natural fruit and spiritual fruit, it isn't really meant for our own self-consumption but rather it's meant to be shared with others. Have you been sharing the blessings that God has given each of you, the giftings that God has given each of you? Have you been sharing those with others? I'm going to read a couple of verses from Colossians, chapter 1, verses 4, 9, and 10. This is Paul's letter to the Colossians, and he writes, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints, verse 9, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you 
and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Paul prayed for the Colossians to be filled with knowledge, wisdom, understanding, that they might walk worthy of the Lord and be fruitful in every good work. So again, we are to be sharing with others the fruits of God's spirit, which he has given us while we continue to grow in the fruits of the spirit. And now let's look at Luke chapter 8, verse 15. This is finishing up on the parable of the sower. It says, but the seed on the good ground are they which in an honest and a good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Are you a seed that's fallen on good ground? freshly tilled up ground, filled daily with his word, nourished. Do you have an honest and a good heart? You see that scripture says that. Do you have that honest and good heart? Have you heard the word? And do you keep the word? Are you patiently bringing forth fruit by staying attached to the vine, to Jesus? Well, thanks be to God. He's patient with us. And he helps us to be fruitful. If you would, for a moment, just picture a, oh, a large cluster of unripened grapes. Unripened grapes. Tiny little grapes. Nice cluster of them. But they're not ripened. They're pretty to look at, aren't they? I think they're pretty. There's hope in them. There's promise in them. If they stay attached to the vine. They're not yet appetizing yet, though, are they? That unripened cluster. You could sit there and wait a while for them to ripen. But the reward that comes when they do ripen is pretty precious. See, by staying attached to the vine, these grapes will develop and ripen to maturity and then be ready to share with others. Likewise, we need to stay attached to Jesus and his word in order to be bringing life to others. Some of us, I'll be the first to admit it, <laughs> some of us, uh, other grapes have become old enough we've turned into raisins. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, <laughs> we can still bless other folks around us as God enables us. Hallelujah. And, Another calendar verse I came across from Leviticus chapter 26, 3 and 4 says, If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, and do them, then I will give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Again, in praying for this service coming right away, and seeing this scripture right away, the Lord was like, you are all trees. All of you are trees. And he wants to shed his spiritual rains upon us in due season so that we can bring forth fruits to his glory and to be shared with others. 
And that's what we need to be doing. Amen. And I'll close with a joke. Some of you, well, some of you are laughing already. Maybe I better stop. because <laughs> Maybe this won't, well, we'll see how it goes. Some of you may have heard this. There was a self-righteous cynic sitting under a mighty and a tall oak tree and complaining aloud to God. Why is it, Lord, the cynic said, that you make large, sturdy oak trees to hold tiny little, almost weightless acorns. And yet, you make small, tender plants to hold large, heavy watermelons. While chuckling and snickering at his great intellect, not hearing anything for a short time from God, all of a sudden an acorn fell from the top of the oak tree, bounced off of his head, landed by his feet, after a rather long and a stunned pause, the man said quietly, Thank you, Lord. Thank you that watermelons don't grow on trees. <laughs> Let's close in prayer. Father, you are so gracious to us and so patient with us to bring forth that fruit that you want to ripen in us. Help us to stay grounded in Jesus, the vine, and in your word and in your ways so that we can grow that light within us to be shined forth, shown forth to others, Lord, and to share fruit with others, the fruits of your spirit, the love, the joy. Oh, so much, so much, Lord. Peace. Patience, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, temperance, faith. Help us to grow in those, Lord. And all for the honor and glory of your name, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. After you. Thanks so much, Rob. Amen. Appreciate that. I turned to Joyce and I says,